Hello and welcome to Live Like the World is Dying, your podcast for what feels like the end times. This is your monthly installment of This Month in the Apocalypse, which will be covering wonderful or not so wonderful news events that happened in January 2024. With me, I'm Brooke. Today is Inman. Hi, Inman. Hi, Brooke. Yeah, it's me, Inman. You're one of your other other hosts for Live Like the World is Dying. One of my other strangers. <laughs> Another stranger coming to you from the tangled wilderness of the, of the news. <laughs> That's right. Okay, but before we do that, let's give a shout out to one of the other podcasts on the Channel Zero network of podcasts of which we are proud members. Here's a jingle from them. Jingle, jangle, jingle, jungle, jungle, jingle. Jingle. It's going down, and you're invited for what they selling. We ain't buying. There is no running. There is no hiding. There's only fighting or dying. It's going down, and you're invited for what they selling. We ain't buying. There is no running. There is no hiding. There's only fighting or dying. It's Going Down is a digital community center from anarchist, anti-fascist, autonomous, anti-capitalist, and anti-colonial movements. Our mission is to provide an autonomous and resilient platform to publicize and promote revolutionary theory and action. Go to itsgoingdown.org for daily updates. Check out our online store for ways to donate and rate and follow us on iTunes if you like this podcast. And we're back. Welcome back. Inman, let's talk about the news. Because everything's happy and good. Do we have to talk about the news? There's The news is not a good place right now. For or some ever, reason, really. But. Yeah, for some reason, someone signed us up. I'm going to blame Margaret, partly because she's not here, but also because I'm pretty sure it was her uh, for having us do this monthly news roundup thing. <laughs> um, I do, I do want to say that, like, the... The, the, these segments i really like doing them because um it it kind of forces me to learn more about a lot of things that i cursor cursorily like look out on instagram or something where i'm like oh there's an infographic i'm gonna screenshot it and then learn more about it for this for this segment um so it it does help me and i've also he heard a lot of really wonderful feedback from listeners out there which i just want to plug we're really glad that this segment like makes people feel better things about the deluge of like horrible news that we're inundated with at all times and yeah that's a good point yeah i i do it keeps me from sticking my head in the sand as much as i might do uh otherwise because it's tough and makes the news easier to swallow when I can talk about it with you and or uh, Margaret, because we can all make fun of um, the horribleness together. And that's again, slightly less makes it slightly less horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a piece of news that I forgot to mention when we were making our list for today, but it's very, very important. Speaking of making fun of the news, oh. it's that John Stewart's going to be returning to the daily show uh, to host on Monday nights. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're a child of exactly the right era, you know, John Stewart was sort of the man that got you through uh some horrible news events with some humor. Or maybe it was the way that you finally started listening to the news because he at least made it funny. So um, yeah I'm and he's like about that <laughs> yeah and he, he's kind of like since done some stuff where it's just like him like doing interviews with people and he's just like what the fuck is wrong with you why are you introducing transphobic laws why are you horrible and i'm like yeah. hell yeah john stewart <laughs> <laughs> i think he, like, it's, all- it's not surprising it makes sense yeah. but he he never really had a lot of fucks to give, but I feel like he's completely run out of all the fucks he's ever going to have to give about bull, about bullshit things now. And he's just really laying out how it is. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I look forward to getting to that stage of life where I've got some white hair and I can just be a, uh, you know, fuck the nonsense. No fucks given. Totally. Um, old, old person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can all become the angry crone on the mountain that screams at people that we want to be. Um, we can all become that right now. <laughs> That's your advice today. No news. Just take that advice. End of episode. Can we do that? No. Okay. Yes. <laughs> if you liked this podcast, <laughs> we'll get to that at the end. <laughs> all right i can't quit after five minutes then here we go let's talk about the climate news because there's always climate news going on news Um, in the climate a deep climate of news uh things that happened in january kind of january specifically um an erupting icelandic volcano um the eruptions actually started in december uh and then quieted down the volcano took a a month off um and then it fired back up again in mid-january for a couple of days and it's actually the fifth eruption in the last three years um it's happening specifically on the reykjanes peninsula of iceland um, where lava reached the edges of a fishing village of Grindavik, which is home to about 4,000 people. Um, They were actually evacuated all the way back in November because there was seismic activity um, that scientists uh, expected was a precedent to the eruption of the lava fissures there. And and the scientists were right. So um, those folks haven't been able to go back to their um, village since early November. Um, And I'm using village because that's what they call it, not because I'm trying to be uh, judgy or diminutive or anything like that. Um, anyway, so the, the, the lava from January did, uh, get far enough to reach the edges of the village. And so the village has got, uh, a couple of different disasters that have destroyed a lot of structures, the seismic activity being, um, the first of it. And that's, that was caused by the lava flowing underneath the ground. Um, and then by the, the lava itself hitting the edges of the town and destroying things. So it may even be, and this may have just been a doomsday thing in the news, but it, uh, it, it may be determined that the village is no longer a safe place um, for people to live and they might not be able to reestablish homes there. Dang. So, although they also said that about Chernobyl and people live there. So I don't, you know, I don't know. There's Dang. some really beautiful, you know, they're tragic, but they're also beautiful pictures of these um, lava flows. Cause it's not like it's a, a big 
giant above ground uh, volcano that erupted. It's it's uh, lower to the ground or an underground volcano that erupted and then created these fissures where the lava just flows out of, um, you know, and in the contrast of the, of the beauty of Iceland, which really makes some really stark and interesting images. Yeah. Um, speaking of fire, the country of Chile is fighting almost 200 wildfires right now. Um, the worst of them have burned through densely packed neighborhood areas. Uh, more than 120 people are confirmed dead and there are hundreds more missing. And interestingly, um, if you listen to the episode I did on Maui, um, I talked about the conditions that caused the Maui fires. The conditions in Chile are uh basically identical to what was going on in Maui. There's uh, um, Chile is in an extreme drought uh, and has been so for a decade. Um, and then they had uh, intense wind storms that whipped up the fires um, that have burned through in the cities. And well, they started in the wilderness and then have gotten down into the cities. So they're fighting a big, uh, big problem right now as well. If only yeah. we could get hit by the atmospheric river that's been flowing over the state of California. Yeah, a place that um, historically is quite dry now experiencing, <laughs> like, what is it? It was like half a year of rainfall or something, like 10 inches of rain fell in like yeah. really not that long. Yeah, there were several different ways that it got measured in the different stories I read. One was like, you know, a month or a couple months worth fell in a day. And another one that was like, yeah, six months worth fell in a week or something like that, like extreme amounts of rain in a very short period of time. Yeah. So Dang. there's severe flooding in South Southern California. There have been more than a hundred mudslides in Los Angeles. Oh my God. Um, yeah. The atmospheric river is also dumping a massive amount of snow in the Severa Nevada Boy, Sierra Nevada mountains, <laughs> making it kind of impossible to get in and out of the mountains uh, at the moment. Um, and then as part of this storm, there's also been a really intense wind storms, which have knocked out power to almost a billion people um, in the state. Northern California was hit uh, the hardest at first by the power outages, but that's moved into a lot of coastal areas and expected to get worse. And we have talked a lot about floods on this podcast. We have done episodes uh, with flood and how to manage floods and acts and floods. And so just a reminder, uh, in flood water, don't drive into flood water. Don't go into flood water. Don't walk in it. Um, it's dirty and it's dangerous and uh, it doesn't take a lot to get your car stalled. So avoid flood water. Yeah. Um, what? What is an atmospheric river? This was a new term to me, as it might be to many, like, in the last week. I think I first learned the definition. Or I first heard this term and learned about it uh, back when we first started doing episodes of the This Month in the Apocalypse, because it came up then. Um, but it is uh, a lot like what it sounds like. It is a, a massive amount of water moving through uh the sky so like clouds that are very very pregnant with um rain and then it tends to dump down uh a lot of water and very suddenly so, i see i see that a, makes a river in the atmosphere literally an atmospheric river yeah that, that then uh, falls becomes um 
rain and or snow. And actually, uh, we here in the Willamette Valley in Oregon um, got hit with uh, snowpack and ice and rain from an atmospheric river like mid-January or so. It wasn't as severe as the one in California, but it was an atmospheric river passing over. Yeah. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. I know this is, in you know, in the small ways that it, it's obviously affecting people in a lot of ways, but some uh, friends um, went down to, tried to go down to California to get some much needed sunshine recently or during this event and we're met with you know flooding and intense rainfall and um not the not the sunshine vacation that they hoped for yeah and, i hope they made it back safe if they've if they've come back yet yeah i believe so that's good now didn't some yeah. nearby states have some other weather things that you heard about so it, it's more something that relates to this idea of um, further for of further exploring climate change and like what its what its impacts mm. are and what it is manifesting as. And okay. we we've talked a lot about this on the show already, but it's like we're getting a lot of extremes all at once, um, like so much so that like that climate scientists have been talking about how we have this like hugely higher percentage of kind of like cat- catastrophic climate events mm. like more often than we ever have or that we have had in the history that we're measuring that's relevant to us if that makes sense um i feel like there's a lot of people who say like oh they like they try to call on s- stuff from like hundreds of thousands of years ago you know and they're like they're like the climate has this is a natural cycle and i'm this like has happened before yeah and i'm like yeah well this one is driven by humans so. <laughs> yeah the the math doesn't add up a lot of the times on it right like the the frequency and type uh, the frequency and diversity of events occurring uh is so statistically improbable yeah, it's just what. Yeah, it's it's a higher percent of cat of higher percentage of catastrophic climate events, and um, one of those things is that scientists. Um, I don't believe that. I don't believe that there has been one recorded yet, um, but uh, scientists see the potential for a new category of hurricane to emerge, which would be a category six hurricane. Mm. And the categories are um, defined often by size and uh, like wind speeds and stuff like that. So like for example, I think a, like a category five hurricane, I think the, it's like wind speeds of like 150 or so miles an hour. Um, yeah. And then a category six hurricane would be wind speeds of 192 miles an hour. Um, okay. Which is a terrifying speed. This is like yeah. so. It, <laughs> yeah, so it's like imagining imagining winds that are moving faster than Ferraris or like race cars. Jeez, Louise! You know? Yeah, that's so fast. Yes, quite fast, quite quite terrifying. Um, okay, so they haven't actually had one yet, or recorded one. 
but they anticipate that it could be possible. Yeah, and this is based on this is based on like tropic like tropical storm wind speeds. I think I'm like half remembering this. Um, <laughs> no, I don't believe there's been one recorded yet, but it but from like evidence of storms in being recorded in oceans, um, it seems likely that one will could and will occur soon. Um, okay. And climate scientists have linked this pretty predictably to warming oceans and climate change. Okay. So, but, um, oh, this is, this, this was going to go in the headlines, but it feels very related to the oceans. Um, scientists maybe found Amelia Earhart's plane. Oh yeah. I meant to write this one down. Yeah. Yeah. Which, there's I, I read a very confusing article about it and I'm like I don't I didn't glean much from it. So okay. maybe it was just a clickbait article, but potential that Amelia Earhart's plane was found, which I really enjoyed living in the mystery of Amelia Earhart, so I'm hoping that definitive <laughs> proof does not come. But Yeah, I read a couple articles about it. Um, I come from a piloting family, so so airplane news is, you know, often catches my radar. (laughs) Um, It was somebody who had done, uh, you know, independently wealthy person who spent like 10 million bucks of his own money or something like that to go on a sea expedition to to try and find images. And they were taking like deep sea pictures. Um, And they had the, I guess the pictures don't like develop right away necessarily mm-hmm. um and so the uh the, he, they had taken the pictures and they had they had moved on from the location and then by the time they or maybe they were out of reception or something i'm sorry anyway by the time the pictures like loaded and they could look at them and found what they thought was perhaps the plane it's in the area where they think that uh she may have crashed and it's you know i don't know other indicators that make it seem s- sufficiently plain like <laughs> mm-hmm. um they were far enough away that it wasn't easy to like turn back and go do some more pictures and stuff. So they're planning a, a second excursion to go out and do more detailed pictures of that specific area and see what they can find. I see. I see. Um, you know what else happened in the ocean in the past like month or two? Nothing but good things, right? Yeah. Right? A- yeah, actually. Yeah, actually a good thing. Um, um, oh, okay. some or- <laughs> Another yacht was sunk by orcas in Europe. <gasps> Yay! Like a, like a billionaire, uh, my penis needs measuring yacht. Um, <laughs> I believe so. I did not read the article. I just saw the headline. Um. <laughs> well, I have a sad orca headline that I wasn't going to share, but if you're going to bring up orcas. Oh, no. There's a, there's a pod of them that are trapped in ice um, outside of Japan. Uh, there's a there's an ice sheet that's not moving because winds are not usually the ice sheet moves around uh, and I think it gets pushed south and melts um, but there hasn't been wind so it hasn't moved and there's this pod of orcas uh, that have like punctured a hole in the middle of it so they can um, like come up for air and stuff but they're basically trapped in the middle of this of this ice sheet and if it doesn't move or melt they probably won't make it Dang. That's so, really sad. Let's go blowtorch some ice sheets. 
Come on, climate yeah. change. You're supposed to be melting the ice. Save the orcas. No, Wait. no, 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 no. Wait. <laughs> I think I did something wrong in my math. Yeah. Um, I have one more happy animal thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a bald eagle attacked a government drone and uh, knocked it out of the sky. And Perfect. it is now on the bottom of Lake Michigan. Oh, I love it. That's a great place. Well, I don't want it to be in the bottom of the lake, but uh, as my people uh, were original inhabitants of the borders of Lake Michigan, uh, I support this. <laughs> great. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And as my as my um, clan within the Potawatomi tribe is the Eagle Clan, also support this. <laughs> you... <laughs> <laughs> it may have been one yeah. of my ancestors i'm just saying hell yeah <laughs> hell yeah i can't wait for the communique taking responsibility for this <laughs> eagle clan strikes again hell yeah um i have one more kind of like watery mm. thing i feel like we're in like the realm of water right now which makes sense um so Lake Mead, is, the water levels have been very steadily rising mm. for a, for like a while now. Like like Lake Mead, which, you know, there's like books written about Lake Mead being depleted. Um, and we've talked about it a few times yeah. on the show. Yeah. 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 Like the growing anxiety that a lot of people in the Southwest have whenever like Lake Mead gets down a certain amount. Yeah. Um, but Lake Mead water levels are up. And that's mostly due to, I feel like this is a, this is a complicated thing. It's not like, oh yeah, Lake Mead is the water. See, water's fine. What was everyone worried about? Um, This is, I believe, like a symptom of like, we have these historic rainfalls in California. We have these historic snowfalls in the surrounding areas. And so like, because of historic rainfall and so it's like all of all of those are reasons why lake mead is filling up again is because of floods elsewhere Hmm. you know and so it's like like climate change being a messier thing where we have like like uh unpredictable weather patterns that sometimes contradict each other you know we have drought and floods we have historic rainfall and droughts all at the same time and like you know for it's like for for california especially with like the mudslides and stuff it's like historic rainfalls like the the ground is not made or or is not in a in a state to like deal with that water which is like why too much water in any place can be a problem so yeah i don't know these aren't any like hard like I, I'm not a climate scientist. These aren't like hard declarations of good or bad because it's far more complicated than that. But hmm. kind of cool that Lake meets up. So is it right now? I mean, doesn't it usually go up this time of year? And is it up more than usual? It's up more than usual. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Yay, fingers crossed there a little bit. Yeah. But little notes of good things here, but there's some pretty bad stuff out in the rest of the world right now. 
Yeah, there is. So there's there's war going on around the world, not world war, but wars. You know, I mean, there's always conflict and fighting, but of course there's some that have been in the headlines for quite a while. Um, unfortunately, February marks two years since Russia uh, invaded and attacked Ukraine, and that fighting is still ongoing. Um, uh, there is a YouTube channel. I meant to look up his name and I forgot, um, but a fellow who does kind of a comprehensive 20 to 30 minute update on what's going on in that war that he posts every um, couple of weeks. It's pretty thoroughly researched and, and well done. It's interesting. He's been talking about the um, so-called meat wave attacks that Russia has been doing. Uh, basically, they're um, sending in uh, a bunch of soldiers soldiers to attack uh, a, you know, a city or whatever, and the Ukrainians are in a good defensive position and uh, mow them all down. And then the next day they send in another bunch of soldiers and uh, same thing, same thing, same thing, like just days and days of um, these very vulnerable, barely protected soldiers uh, on the Russian side being sent in and then just completely slaughtered. Yeah, but there one interesting thing that I heard, which, you know, this makes sense. No one wants to be part of a meat grinder attack was like Russian soldiers who were like being critical or like defecting or something because of it. Cause they were like, no, we actually don't want yeah. to be killed like this. This is horrible. Apparently they have made it really hard to defect once you're there. Basically they, they, you know, drag you to the front lines and then they say you can either go forward and get shot or you can stay put and we'll shoot you. Uh, once they get to that point, but they have, um, like they've been, you know, conscripting, uh, prisoners in, people yeah. in Russian prisons to come out. Cause Hey, you know, you get out of the prison and you get your term reduced or finished or whatever, but then word has gotten back to the prison. That this is how those people are being used. So prisoners yeah. are refusing to sign up. So then they've been doing tactics like turning off the heat in prisons Jesus. and stuff like that to, um, you know, or shortening their food supplies or things like that to, to uh, try and force them to sign up and be part of these meat waves. Holy shit. Yeah. So that war continues and it continues to get worse and be awful. Yeah. <sighs> Other places that are fighting. Uh, it's been four months since um, Hamas uh, attacked Israel um, and they've been fighting. There um, continues to be a lot of tragedy and um, horrible shit going on in that situation um, that I'm not following closely enough to speak intelligently in the details of um, Inman. I don't know if you want to jump in and if you know of any of the news that have happened more recently, but mostly I just wanted to point out that that's been going on for, for four months now. Yeah. I mean, we, we did like a recap in our last, in our, like this year episode um, about the ongoing genocide in Palestine from Israel and um, some, you know, updates like since then. Um, so the uh, South Africa um, sued um, Israel in um, the International Court of Justice or ICG. I think that's what that stands for. Um, and uh, which, which is totally 
not surprising um, that South Africa would be one of the countries to do that, having a lot of experience with apartheid and genocide. Um, weirdly, another country that has a large history of like apartheid and genocide, uh, Germany, has not been uh, using its historical knowledge of his apartheid and genocide for good. Um, and Germany announced a plan to intervene in the case um, in defense of Israel. Um, there was a ruling, I believe, on January 6th by the uh, ICJ, um, which was essentially to saying to Israel, like, you cannot commit acts of genocide um, any anymore. Um, and then you have to, like, like make sure that aid can go to Gaza and you have to um, preserve documentation um, of past genocidal acts um, and essentially gave Israel like a like a, a month to start to comply with this or something okay. um, in which the response from Israel has been that, like, this is as of a few days ago, but, like, over 900 more Palestinians have been killed since this ruling. Um, hospitals have been continued to be attacked. Um, and Israel is doing things like continuing to flood tunnels in Gaza with seawater, um, mm -hmm. an act which uh, a lot of experts have said will cause ecological catastrophe for over a hundred years. Wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's real, it's real bad. And like kind of, kind of tied to that. Um, Biden is being sued in federal court in California for being complicit in like genocide with Israel. Um, okay. I believe the ICG ruling also called for, a essentially countries to not give either side weapons mm. um something which is absolutely not going to happen in the, U oh, the yeah. u.s um has like like there's like the big like immigration bill which was tied to sending billions of dollars to israel so that's okay. definitely not going to happen okay. um <laughs> Yikes. Yeah, it continues to be continues to be really horrible. Um, there's the other things kind of going on with that, or that like, um, like you know, Israel is supposed to be letting like aid trucks and stuff into Gaza, mm -hmm. but then like Israeli settlers are like showing up in mass to like blockade those trucks, mm -hmm. um, and um, then like the trucks are like inspected. And sometimes the trucks are shot at after they go into Gaza. Oh, um, Israel, like, uh, there was, I saw some, like, headline about, like, Israel, like, targeting a, um, like, a United Nations, like, um, relief convoy. Oh, wow. Like, uh, by boat. And I don't know. It's just a, it's a big mess. And it doesn't feel like the ICG is going to, like, try to hold Israel accountable in real ways yeah it. how about we turn to something we know more about and know more better like stuff going on in the so-called united states where other bad stuff's happening 
No, I mean, yeah, I know. But at least we it's have, all bad. We know more about it. And everything yeah, sucks. The totally. world is worse. Margaret to be like her Margarety <laughs> self and add some positivity into our doomsday. Uh, yeah, things here. <laughs> There's this big immigration bill um, that was in Congress, um, and it was kind of lauded as like a large bipartisan immigration reform thing. Um, and it, it is weird. It's a very weird bill. It's very complicated and filled with like, um, politician doublespeak and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but before we get too deep into that, to give a little more context to it, um, have you heard about the tensions in Texas? recently we've we've talked a little bit about it before but i have actually I, I did listen to some news reports on some some shit going on in fact one of them you're gonna get into this in more detail but i just yeah, yeah. Uh, one of totally. them was a um a follow-up on uh i think last time i talked about some of the border shit in texas there was an issue that was definitely going to go to the federal government to um be decided and it, it finally did it was but i'll let you take it away <laughs> Yeah, so in what seems like a lot of governors, especially like Republican governors being emboldened to like stretch the limits of like what their like jurisdictions are. Um, uh, in Texas, um, Abbott has uh, for you know a while now has like had the National Guard putting uh, razor wire and concertina wire like all um, over the U.S. side of the border and uh-huh. also in the river yep. and also on the Mexico side of the border. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's it kind of like started this beef where um, the Abbott has been using the National Guard to do things um, and then things like putting up razor wire and things like denying Border Patrol access to the border. Um, mm-hmm. And it it's caused these like huge weird little standoffs and the matter ended up going to the Supreme court where they voted that, uh, Texas had to allow border patrol to access the border, um, and to remove the razor wire because they didn't have the, the Mm -hmm. authority Mm -hmm. to, to do those things. It, it's caused this big, big little weird mess. And, it's causing this mess where the Republicans and Republican governors, like a lot, like pretty much every Republican governor signed on to supporting Texas. And mm-hmm. um, they, the like a lot of the rhetoric around it is like, oh, Biden's border is a mess. Like Biden mm-hmm. can't shut down the border. And then in the news, Biden will be like, if we can just pass this immigration bill, I can shut down the border. Mm-hmm. And it's no one is good in this scenario. Like right. Abbott and these like other Republican governors are like fucking crazy. And like Biden and this immigration ref- like reform bill are also really bad. They're like playing a who's the worst game. And the worst is being lauded as being better. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, it's a it's a huge mess. So 
Um, so the the most recent thing with with this was in the town of Eagle Pass, Texas, um, because of this growing tension between Border Patrol and the Texas National Guard um, and the Supreme Court ruling, a convoy <laughs> calling themselves God's Army recently descended upon the t- the town of Eagles Pass, and God's Army is made up of exactly who you would expect it to be made up of. Um, and they all went down there to help the National Guard in this standoff with Border Patrol, essentially, where it's like anything that frames Border Patrol as being the more reasonable outcome or side of a conflict is utterly absurd. Like, yeah. And yeah, which well, really just. Yeah, go, go ahead. Sorry. The, go, the thing I'm that I was laughing so hard at about this is that they were touting this as uh, 700,000 people were going to come and participate in God's army and join this convoy. And it ended up being like 40 vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that was my that was my <laughs> laugh out loud part of it. But yeah, there's more things to laugh at. Yeah, more things to laugh and cry about um but yeah so into the actual bill um the the bill would grant like a a, essentially like emergency authority to shut down asylum processing based on quotas um so it's like like biden's idea of shutting down the border is even more restricting people's access to act access to accessing the asylum system so like, because mm. like a lot, a lot of the people that we're that we're seeing like come over are people who are like just turning themselves into border patrol to start processing asylum claims because ports of entry have been closed or because of instability happening in northern Mexico because of the U.S. and so like the the bill heavily restricts people's access to the asylum system, it would close asylum proceedings essentially after like a certain number of encounters with border patrol Mm. per a, like per a day or per a week. And this is like static closure. Like, like border patrol can just say we've hit the quota. We can't process any more people. Um, And it gives also gives them the authority to, in like people who they are refusing to um, make asylum claims, essentially to immediately deport them instead of oh, wow. um, instead of people like lingering in the system to try again or to stay in this like asylum process. Mm-hmm. Um, it also raises the bar for what people have to prove in order to make an effective asylum claim. Um, but it grants immediate work visas to people who do get to go in the next step of asylum claim processing. Oh, but it makes it hard to get to that next step. Yeah. It makes it harder to get to the next step, but it grants work visas to people if they do make it. But like, yeah, it makes it much more difficult. And like, like experts are saying, like most people will not be able to make it to this next step of yeah. asylum processing. 
Yeah, um, so it's not it's not really uh, a thing that a great thing that they automatically get a visa because it's going to be so hard to get there. Yeah, but <sighs> Trump, like as of like this morning or something, like asked Republican lawmakers to kill the bill. So that's that bill's not going to happen oh because God. Trump asked for it to get killed. Wow. I can't believe that yeah. man still has any sway in politics. I do not understand. And we could do a whole episode on me just not understanding how. But that's not for here and now. Yeah. Um, you know what else is the, some legislation that's bad that is getting past maybe right now as of we're us recording this oh i can't wait to hear what it is tell me please an attack on charitable bail funds oh my god what (laughs) (laughs) um i'm laughing because it i have an adverse like reaction to horrible things this is this is really bad um yeah so the Georgia State Senate um, passed this bill. I forget what the bill number is. It's like bill SB 63 or something like that. Um, and Georgia passed a, in the Senate passed a bill that would, they call it expanding the cash bail system. But really what it does is criminalize charitable bail funds. Um, wow. And the House is expected to pass the bill today as of recording. Oh shit! Uh, this episode, so it will probably already have been passed by the time the episode comes out. Um, the bill adds thirty additional charges that are ineligible for an unsecured release, including ah. unlawful assembly, so any protest, and obstruction of law enforcement, street racing, and promoting street racing. <laughs> And so, you know, it's clear it's clear what their targets for this legislation are. Um, And it also restricts the number of cash bonds that any individual corporation or group can pay on someone's behalf. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Per a year. And guess. Yeah. Guess how many? Um. Is it, is it the number? Is it restricting the number, not the value, like dollar value? Restricts the number of bonds. It is... So it, one or something? Three. Okay. But, yeah, you know, three ain't much better than one. Yeah. Yeah, no more than three cash bonds may be posted per year by an individual corporation or group in any jurisdiction in Georgia. Which um, I'm sure they're touting as some kind of like, oh, well, because gangs are just going to bail out all their people or something like that. I think it's I think it's pretty openly targeting protest movements. Oh, OK. Like, yeah. And 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 like other people, too. But it's like I think they're being pretty open about it. Um, and. So what a question that a lot of people might have, which is the same question that I had, is would this affect like bail bonds organizations? Um, And could a charitable bail fund become a bail bond organization? And the answer is that a charitable bail fund probably could become a bail bond organization. But bail bonds organizations are also restricted to the Mm. three bond maximum. 
Oh. And in order to increase that for bail bonds organizations like businesses, they would have to go to a third party company to attain a surety bond. Oh my gosh. Um, and uh. it, in an interesting and hellish funnel. Um, so there's an existing Georgia law that already prohibits a bail bonds organization from recommending attorneys to a client. So like groups like oh. the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, even if they became a bail bonds organization, yeah. would face the same restrictions and oh they would also be criminally unable to recommend attorneys, which is something that the Atlanta Solidarity Fund does is connect people Shit. to attorneys. Um, so they'd have to become separate organizations. Yeah, or something. Is, and Yeah, still. Yeah. It's bad. Um, this yeah. also... This, in, a, in addition to the Atlanta Solidarity Fund, um, this also affects groups like churches that just bail out unhoused people Aww. routinely. And it also affects Black Mama's bailout action, which is dedicated to bailing out black moms who are incarcerated oh my god who are like just waiting on bail you know <laughs> it's it's bad so and yeah to make it worse for like other parts um tennessee has also introduced a bill prohibiting courts from accepting cash bail paid by a charitable bail organization kentucky passed in January a bill prohibiting charitable bail organizations from posting bonds of $5,000 or greater. Um, Abbott has also signed a law requiring charitable bail organizations to register with the county and essentially like a lot of red tape that makes it hard for them to exist. Um, It's yeah, it's it's there's a nationwide attack on bail funds right now and it's it's really bad and that's my u.s politics blurb all right that i don't have much good to say about except that there's a lot of weird red tape being introduced into a lot of people's lives and like i just know that people are gonna figure out creative and amazing ways to get around all this bullshit and like yeah yeah that's a that's a good positive thought on that i appreciate you adding that yeah i've got i've got one headline to give you that uh might cheer you up a little bit yay (laughs) cheer me up today recording this uh (laughs) that uh king charles of uh Great Britain, UK, whatever the fuck his domain is, uh, has cancer. Yay! Yay! Unfortunately, it's in its early stages, so, you know, he he might beat it and be fine. But uh, here's hoping. Boo! (laughs) (laughs) And that's the last piece of news I have for you today. Let's all be happy. Um, You know, a kind of cool thing that happened in the U.S.? Um, the Aglala Sioux tribe, uh, 
barred the uh, Republican governor from entering the Pine Ridge Reservation after she said that she was going to send uh, razor wire and security personnel down to the border in Texas. They were like, fuck you. You can't. We are like, like trespassing you from uh, from our sovereign lands. yeah, Yeah, our sovereign lands. Um, which is pretty cool. And I had some other bad headlines and I just can't say them right now. And okay, good. Let's leave, let's leave on the happy fine. notes. Yeah. Um, in some other fun, a couple other fun happy notes. Um, this is totally unrelated to anything, but I thought it was really cool. So you remember Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer yesterday when I was in Goodwill with my daughter and we found DVDs of it and it was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Did you know that Dolly Parton was a producer on (gasps) Buffy the Vampire Slayer anonymously? Oh my gosh, that rules. Yeah, Um, her production company was the production company that made Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, and Buffy or Dolly has a recent recently in the news been talking about a reboot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <gasps> oh my God. I just, I, uh, I have a friend who recently participated in the filming of a uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer esque uh, soft porn movie. So um, that's, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty fun too. But um, I would, I would totally take a, a, a reboot of that show. Cause I loved that show Buffy was such a badass yeah yeah so Dolly doing cool things um thanks Dolly thanks that is the best news to end on maybe there might be a new BTVS and I am here for it and I will once again force my older brother to watch it with me and make him a super fan too yay yay Um, but that is probably where we're going to leave stuff. Um, that's all the news that's fit to pod. All the news that's fit to pod. There's probably Um, a podcast that has that as their slogan already. And I just stole it and don't know it, but I'm going to pretend that that was a Brooke Jackson original. I'm here for it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, (laughs) oh, we do before I forget. Um, so we, we do have a little bit of an, an announcement, um, before we get into our outro. Um, and that is that Live Like the World is Dying. It, we're going to be taking a little bit of a break um, starting after, immediately. Starting immediately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to take about a month long break. So we'll be back sometime in March. And we, we're all, a lot, of, all of our lives are just a little too chaotic right now and we need to pause and regroup and um we're not going to stop recording we're gonna continue to record the show is not ending we are just taking about a month-long break and we will be back in march um and we're really excited to come back in march when we have had a little bit of a break and can really focus on what we want this next year of live like the world is dying to be like. Um, so thank you everyone who has listened and supported us for as long as you have. And yeah, we will see you sometime in March. Rock on. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, then organize in your communities against all of the horrible things that we've just talked about. Um, and this is a horrible pivot, but you, if you also, if you enjoyed the show, then you can support the show. And one of the ways that you can support the show is just by talking about it, by telling people about it, by introducing it to people, um, by liking, reviewing, subscribing, all of those weird algorithm things that I barely understand. Um, and you can also support the show by supporting it financially. And you can support the show financially by supporting our publisher, Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness. Uh, Strangers in a Tangled Wilderness is a collective media publisher. We publish books, podcasts, zines, and all kinds of other fun stuff. And you can find us at tangledwilderness.org. And you can support us by supporting our Patreon at patreon.com slash strangers in a tangled wilderness. Um, we put out a couple other podcasts like the strangers in a tangled wilderness podcast, the spectacle, which was former, formerly the anarcho geek power hour. And we have a lot of other new and exciting projects coming at you this year. Um, we, as of listening to this, you should go check out, our website because likely you will be able to download and order in a physical copy of Penumbra City, the TTRPG that we've been Woo-hoo. working on for far too long. <laughs> but we are starting to mail out our Kickstarter orders this week and it is probably available for you to go read right now. And that's truly wonderful. Um and in particular, so on our Patreon, we have a $20 tier, which includes acknowledgments and shout-outs. And you can, you can pay us $20 a month to support all of our projects and also get us to thank you, an organization, or a theoretical or fictional concept that you would like us to thank So here are some things that we would like to thank. Thank you, Ephemeral, Appalachian Liberation Library, Portland's Hadron Hacker Space, Boldfield, E, Eric, Buck, Julia, Catgut, Marm, Carson, Lord Harkin, Trickster, Princess Miranda, Ben Ben, Anonymous, Funder, Janice and Odell, Allie, Paparuna, Milica, Boise Mutual Aid, Theo, Hunter, SJ, Paige, Nicole, David, Dana, Chelsea, Starro, Jennifer, Kirk, Chris, Micaiah, and Haas the dog. Thank you so much, and we will see you in March.